Welcome to Feeding Frenzy, a podcast brought to you by the Breastfeeding Resource Center. The BRC is a nonprofit organization in Abington, Pennsylvania. We're here to provide support on various parenting topics to help you get through the roller coaster ride of parenting. I'm your host, Colette Acker. Let's take this journey together. All right, today we have Corey Rubino, who is the Community Outreach Manager for Today is a Good Day. And um, again, Louisa is joining me, uh, and we're excited to talk to her and about all the great work that Today is a Good Day does. So welcome, Corey. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization. Sure. So I'm a NICU mom myself. And what we do at Today's a Good Day is we help families who are experiencing the neonatal intensive care unit. So it's something that's really close to my heart. Um, My role here is community outreach manager. So I handle all um, outward facing things like all events, all of the marketing, the branding, social media is managed by me. So I have a lot. Uh, I wear many hats here, but I love it. Like I said, I'm a NICU mom, so it's something that's really close um, and near and dear to my family. Um, and sometimes it just seems so unbelievable that I get to do this for a living. So I know we feel the same way when yeah. you work for a nonprofit, and um, you know we walked into it because we are passionate about nursing our babies. When when you do it successfully, you're just like it's empowering. And yeah. then you know when you've gone through a certain thing and you can really understand the experience that the families are having, it makes that much of a difference. It does. It definitely does. Yeah. So what does today's a good day do for families? So um, we have several different programs. I think we're most known for our care packages, which we distribute about 6,000 of them a year. Um, And they go to families who are currently navigating the NICU in our partner hospitals and um, partner organizations like Ronald McDonald House. Uh, And we have about 23 partners currently. So we are expanding. Um, We have a good presence in the Midwest now. Um, Almost all of the NICUs in the tri-state area we work with. Um, yeah, so super exciting that, that we're growing so quickly. Um, and then some of the other programs that we have are uh, our vital needs support program, which helps families with transportation to and from the hospital, um, helps them pay utility bills. Um, we have uh, septive cards we can give them if they need to, to hop on a bus or a train. Um, yeah, gas cards, grocery cards. So however, we can kind of lessen the burden of having a baby in the NICU. Wow, that's incredible because, I mean, just when you say the word NICU, that, you know, makes your heart leap. And, you know, many times it's a shock to the parents if the baby is going to be admitted into the NICU. And, you know, there's so much emotion around having a new baby. And when your baby's either premature or sick, it's so scary. Yeah, and you don't even think, you know, buying your groceries or those kind of things just fall by the wayside, especially if it's an early baby and you weren't prepared to maybe yeah. miss this much work. 
you know, and they're just kind of yeah. thrown into this situation to have something to kind of fall back on is just, it's just awesome that you, you have this ability to, to help people. That Things that I think many don't even think about, like getting to and from the NICU every single day. And that's big because the, the hospitals that have the capability of taking care of very, very early preemies, yeah. few and far between. So families, we have the luxury of being so close to Abington. I mean, I tell all my friends that are delivering babies, I'm like, look, you don't think about the NICU until you're there, but right. deliver Abington, they have a level three NICU, like they can handle, they're the hospital that people, that babies get transferred to when they're critical. So why not start there, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, we, we have that luxury of being close, but a lot of families don't. They're hours away from the hospital. Um, so yeah, just to be able to help them with that, to get back and forth gas, um, you know, food while they're on the road, things like that is, is yeah, definitely something that we take for granted that many families struggle with that we see. So Corey, tell me, how old is your organization? Oh my gosh. So we are entering our 10th year in 2024. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah. But fairly new still, you know, um, yeah. newer. And you guys have made amazing progress. And tell me a little bit about the people who started the organization. Oh, the Sharkies. Love the Sharkies. So um, Martha and Paul Sharkies started this organization 10 years ago. Um, and they started it because they noticed a gap in care while they were in the NICU with their 23 weekers. So wow. um, they had two 23 week um, little girls and one of them passed away two weeks later, actually right around this time. So it's a, it's a time that we really like to keep them in our thoughts. Um, so Mary earned her wings 14 days after she um, was born. And Claire, who is now 13 years old, is doing great. She's the star of every musical she tries out for. We all get, so she has cool. all her uh, Today's a Good Day mom show mm -hmm. up and, and cheer her on. But just an incredible story that they took something that was so traumatic and turned it into something so wonderful for so many other families. Um, and really it brings in the, something that makes us a, a little unique is it brings in the aspect of bereavement too, right? So there's a lot of families that don't make it out of the NICU. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we're very sensitive to as an organization. We're very careful with the way we craft our language um, and the things we say and put out there, um, the things that are curated that go in our care packages. We have bereave special bereavement care packages. So we're very, very sensitive to the fact that many families walk out of the NICU empty armed, which is really wow. sad. And they also had, um, they had a little girl in between who's perfectly normal, no NICU stay, nothing like that, uh, Martha Rose. And then they had William a couple of years ago and he uh, unfortunately passed away shortly after birth. He had trisomy 18. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, she's, she's, she's been through it. And yeah. for her to take something so traumatic and turn it into something so amazing i just i've i've been in love with martha since the first day i met her and i'm just i'm so it's such a privilege to get to work alongside her every single day i can only imagine um tell us uh what's in the care packages for the families yeah so the care packages are kind of um things that we wish we had when we were in the NICU like comfort items um there's a water bottle there's a swaddle a bamboo swaddle from kicky pants that's uh really soft and stretchy for the the preemies 
Um, there's a uh, hand sanitizer. There's a journal that you can write down all of your thoughts. There's milestone cards where you can celebrate each victory that you have in the NICU because the good times are what you really need to hold on to when stuff gets tough. So we really make sure that um, we help them to celebrate those good times because we know that the NICU journey is a roller coaster and it goes up and down and there's good and bad. So um, really just things that that support them through their, their, those times and, and make sure that they feel that they're part of a community. That's wonderful. And so um, I had a question. Where did it go, Colette? Um, you have to raise money to send all these care packages to all of those hospitals or partnerships. Um, so how do you do that? What are your fundraising efforts or what do they look like? So a lot of our fundraising comes from events. Um, we have a spring event called Pints for Preemies, which is uh, on hiatus because something super exciting that is happening this year is we are having our very first gala to celebrate our 10th Fancy. year anniversary. Yes. Um, <laughs> in April on the 19th and it's at the Franklin Institute. Oh, so beautiful um, there. Yeah, so we're very excited about that um and we're trying to figure out how what we do moving forward. Like do we do a gala? Do we bring pints for premiums back? That was kind of our signature event. So we're kind of in the middle of of figuring that all out now, but aside from that, we have um the family brunch that takes place every November. I just saw that um, on on Social media all over the place. Great yeah. job. <laughs> 300 to 400 families yeah. that come out every year to yeah. uh, celebrate with us. And it's awesome. The kids, all of the NICU grads take part in this miracle march where they hold the I sign. Saw of their it. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> I cry every yeah. year. I cry. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have that. And then we have a couple events in between that aren't as big. Um, our Miracle Mile, where we get all the NICU families together and we walk a mile at the Elmwood Park Zoo um, just to celebrate, you know. Uh, any chance we can celebrate the NICU miracles, that's that's what we're all about. So um, we also do putts for preemies. Um, yeah, so a couple of events in between that we do just to get the, the NICU families together. That's great. And they've all seemed really successful. I've heard about pints for preemies from uh, <laughs> colleagues of mine. Um, so you're doing a bang up job. Yeah. Thank you. And then, uh, of course, most of our funding comes from our incredible sponsors throughout the year. So, yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. So you have your care packages and any other Oh, and we we talked about um, gift cards for food and travel. Any other things you have for families? Yeah, so we have some support groups, um, although I don't know if I would term them like that, but that's the easiest way to to explain what they are. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that, too, but we have the Dad's NICU group. Um, so that's specifically for dads. We've recognized that they travel a unique journey having to care for their wife and their baby in the NICU. So we like to get them together one time a month. That's a very successful group. Um, and then we also have our Navigate the NICU um, sessions and they are for families that are currently in the NICU. So we like to go in physically go into the hospitals. Most occasions, sometimes we do it virtually. Um, but we like to go in there and talk to people and tell them our story and give them a little bit of hope and light at the end of the tunnel, because it's just, it's very overwhelming while you're in there. And when um, you talk about navigating the NICU, what are some things people need help with? 
Um, I think the biggest, and, and the NICU journey is so personal to each and every person. So just because this is something that I think that, you know, I would have needed help with in the NICU doesn't mean that somebody else feels that way, which is kind of like why we like to offer all of these programs and ways to support people differently. Um, but uh, I think it, to me, it all came down to community. You're in there, you're alone. Uh, your family's trying to support you the best way that they can, uh, but they don't get it. Your friends are trying to support you the best way they can, but they don't get it. And even your husband is trying to support you the best way that he can, but he doesn't really get the fact that you just gave birth to a baby, right? That like every every part of you is telling you that you need to hold this baby, take this baby home, feed them, like, and you can't do any of that. I couldn't even touch Colette for 48 hours. They wouldn't let me pick her up. Um, and, you know, you guys are familiar with my story of struggle with the the breastfeeding. Like I, she was on a feeding tube. She came home. We couldn't do it. And I got donor milk for six months. So yeah. um, it's it's just such a personal journey to everybody. But I would say the biggest thing and the most common thread would be that of community and knowing that you are not the only person that has traveled this journey. Yeah. And even on our side, you know, I think most people are encouraged to pump their milk, even if they hadn't intended on breastfeeding when the baby is in the NICU um, because of the health benefits. And, you know, parents manage to pump, but then when the baby comes home and right. they have to pump and take care of a baby or they're trying to transition the baby to the breast, that is one of the most difficult things uh, to, oh, stress to factor on top of it, right? Yeah, so yeah. I just, I wanted to breastfeed so badly. I felt like everything was so out of control after she was born and she was not a preemie. We had no idea she was ending up in the NICU. So for that to happen to us, it was a shock. And all I wanted to do was free, feed my kid. Yeah. Like I felt like that, that's what I, you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I was an underproducer. I don't respond to a pump very well. So I was pumping maybe six ounces of milk for the entire day. Yeah. But I was so determined that I, I went to human milk for human babies. And um, I met a local mama who would meet me in the parking lot two times a week with a chest <laughs> full of dry ice and milk, Barnes and Nobles in Willow Grove. I still yeah. talk to her, Rachel. She's amazing. That's Love awesome. her. And they become part of your family. And even with Lev, my most recent one, um, I don't have the luxury of being home with him like I did with my middle child, Willow, during the pandemic where I could just feed on demand. So I get donor milk for him too. And two of my coworkers have babies and they're overproducers. So they give me their milk. Like we have, yeah. it's, it's like a family, you know, yeah. I, I love it. But yeah, that was something that was so important to me and something that we definitely take for granted outside of the NICU. I mean, it's, it's a stressful situation. You have a lactation consultant in there trying to help you. You know, she's grabbing your boob, trying to like shove it in the baby's mouth. You're, you're crying. The baby's crying. Everybody's crying. Oh. It's traumatic. And then I remember they told me to go and get nipple shields. And I had no idea. This was my first baby. I had no idea. So they told me what to buy. And I'm standing in the Target across from the hospital at Abington. And it was the first time that I lost it, like completely lost it oh. in the aisle because it was just so overwhelmed. I was outside of the NICU. So I had a chance to like process what we had just been through. And I was just standing in the aisle, not knowing what any of this stuff was, you know, so it was, it was very, very overwhelming, but, um, I know many moms who do it, who do it successfully, they pump and, and they feed their baby. And 
it's amazing. So, well, I'd like to say uh, I would like to apologize because one, you are not supposed to be grabbing women's breasts and shoving them in babies' mouths, <laughs> and two, if you were in my NICU and I suggested a nipple shield, I'd run down to the closet and pick Get one out. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not make well, you they, go buy so they one. They used to have a store in Abington, but I don't think they have that anymore. No, there like, are nipple like, shields on the postpartum on, floor and yeah. in the NICU. They, trust they me. They gave me a list to go to Target, and I lost it. Oh wow. I was like, this is too many options. I can't think right now. And that's part of the reason I came to you about co-branding the lactation bags. I would love to see something like that in the NICU pumping rooms where moms don't have to think about anything. They have a sample of everything they would ever need right there in front of them. They can try it out in privacy, not with a lactation consultant standing next to them and figure it out because the stress is the number one reason why my milk supply dwindles. Personally, always to me. If I'm stressed, my I have no milk during the day. So, crazy. No? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We would love to partner with you, of course. Um, one of these days, we'll get it together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, COVID, we started pre-COVID, and then that happened. And, yep, yep. You know. <laughs> and then Corey's going, you know, having another baby. Right? And <laughs> oh, too many babies. No more babies for me. I'm good. Corey, I have a question. How does does every family who has a baby in the NICU get your services, or is there just is there a criteria? So every family that is in our partner hospitals gets our gets access to our services. Everybody gets a care package, no matter what. Um, and they do have access to our vital needs support. So if they go to their social worker and say, I'm struggling, then they are offered, um, a, you know, all of the solutions that we have to wh- whatever problems they're facing. Um, and they were all, they are all given information actually inside the care packages about our coffee and conversation support groups, navigate the NICU dads group. So it's all in there and great. everybody in any of our partner hospitals has access to it. But the great thing is that the power of social media so many people are learning about us outside of our partner hospitals too that are reaching out and we're able to send them care packages so we're, oh, we're really great. expanding rapidly and reaching a population that that is outside of our typical you know who Your we community who we yeah. I'm yeah. Sure yeah. The, the NICU staff just loves the fact that you guys are there just to support they do this medical support and I'm there do lots of Emotional. emotional support also but this is you know being able to just give them some additional help i'm sure that the staff is just beside themselves to see you guys walk in the door you know yeah and we love it i mean this the staff becomes parts of our family basically like they you know and they have they're caring um abington is a 36 bed nicu so they're caring for up to 36 or more at a time yeah. um and they don't have the 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 time to sit there and spend the time that they want to with each family. Yeah. So that's kind of where we come in to offer that support. They're there for the medical and we're there for the emotional. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. And I know that you guys are also at Temple because I see your bags because we also provide all the lactation care there at Temple University Hospital. And and that tends to be um, the population is low income and they love getting bags and getting gifts and so you know yeah. and it's more of gifts for the parent not the baby and uh which yeah. which is nice and 
gives me yeah, warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah. Right? The baby's the patient. So the baby gets all the attention. Well, I think that's where the, the gap really is. The baby gets all the attention in the world, but the parents are left kind of unsupported. They do have a social worker, but again, that social worker is taking care of how many other families. So we're able to step in and really help with that. And through some of our other programs, like especially in the low income areas, um, like our Thanksgiving meal deliveries that we do each oh. year, right before Thanksgiving, we delivered uh almost 500 thanksgiving meals this year wow. to our partner hospitals to families that are in there that wouldn't otherwise have eaten thanksgiving meal with their families so wow that's so nice um, i didn't know that part and who's delivering yeah. them is it yeah. just you have volunteers within it's cory cory's like, driving you around personally are walking around with bags, aren't you, right? i do Martha's trying to edge me out, but I'm there every every year. I refuse to let that go. That's something that's so special to me. But um, yeah, so we it used to be all volunteer led, and it mm -hmm. didn't used to be 500 meals. It yeah. was just a couple hundred at the time. So yeah. we would pack our cars up, drive to to the hospitals, and yeah. and uh, this was pre. I would volunteer before I was actually employee. Um, but now we have an amazing partner, Astarte. Have, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you ever heard of Astarte. No. So um, they're one of our sponsors sponsors and they help us to deliver them every year so they come out and we load their cars up and they deliver them and then yeah so that's great that's so cool what yeah. a great network you guys have really built around just this this need and and it just gets gets bigger and bigger and bigger it sounds like yeah you yeah know? and it, and i'm not saying this in a condescending way but it's like a a simple thing. It's, you know, we're giving you this gift and but so so such a big impact so far with reaching. this yeah. great little care package. Um it's it's a wonderful idea. Yeah, Any other things you want people to know about? <laughs> I mean, I think we covered everything. One thing I did miss that I wanted to mention was my favorite part of the care package, and I completely forgot to talk about it, was the bonding squares. Have yes. you ever seen them? I, yeah. We wanted to get together and make squares for you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> At our holiday party. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And let me know. I can send you supplies. We have the looms all ready to go. and But um, they're completely donated from volunteers. Um, and Tell everybody about said, what they are. Tell oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're little knitted. I'm looking around our office to see if we have anything. No, we usually have them all around the office. But of course, when I need them, we don't. But they're these little knitted squares um, and they come in a pack of two in each care packages. And um, the caregiver gets one, whether that's mom, dad, grandma, aunt, uncle, they get one and the and then you tuck one with the baby. And then the next day when they return to the NICU, they swap them so they oh, have each other's tents. So and going back to the lactation support, right? This is so important for moms who are breastfeeding or intending to breastfeed to take that home and have the baby sent with her so that's that's my favorite part of the i tell the moms that when they're pumping at back to work you know take the baby's blanket i said i know it sounds crazy but just like smell it just see what it smells I did. like i do i sleep with something to yeah, leave him absolutely. like tucked in my shirt yep to leave him during the day and i take something with me yeah i tell moms all the time and i thought you know these are just cute little idea like the little small one but yeah i think yeah. there's that there's so many sense in this world that connect you with you know whatever it may be um but just to have that smell of your baby it's just there's nothing better you guys should give them out i bet you your volunteers would get them <laughs> yeah you yeah should. for our back to work 
especially yeah, that, you know. moms. we might yeah. steal your plant that's your a great idea. idea we're stealing it <laughs> you should it's it's my favorite part i love it yeah that is wonderful. I know, like, every time I open a box of crayons, I am back in Oak Ridge Elementary School. Right. And, yeah. You know. The power that, of scent, right? The power of scent, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I, by the way, I did want to tell you guys one thing, just because you were such an important part of um, my breastfeeding journey. I actually breastfeed my daughter up, breastfed her up until her fourth birthday. Wow. Of, that's so great. That's I need so to come so get my t-shirt. I, <laughs> yeah, we, you were well past the one year yeah, mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while, but I need to come get it. Yep. On her fourth birthday, we had a conversation and the, the new baby um, was only a month old at that point. And I was just like, mommy's not making enough milk for both of you. But it was just time. It yeah. was, I just felt it was time for us. And she was and okay I, with that? She was okay. I tandem fed them a couple times because that was a goal of mine that I wanted to do. Um, to be able so, to do. Yeah. We did that a couple times and she was just kind of comfort feeding at night. It wasn't, you know, anything. So we had a conversation. She was okay with it and she was that's happy great. to hand him over to her baby brother who Aww, she is obsessed with. How sweet. Wow, that's really sweet. You think she'd be jealous. I know. Like, like, no, no mine. <laughs> yeah. He's doing pretty good so far. We'll see. He's only six months old. <laughs> well, you guys are doing amazing work. Um, I love it. And we have to get together so we can collaborate more. Yeah. Um, Corey, thank you so much for giving all that information. Uh, you can find out more on todayisagoodday.org. Any other last info? minute tidbits? Yeah. I think I covered everything. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and for Colette Thanks, and Louisa. This is the Feeding Frenzy. Bye. Thank you. That was awesome. Oh. Thanks for listening to the Feeding Frenzy. The BRC is a nonprofit organization committed to providing expert clinical and educational breastfeeding services. Find out more about us at breastfeedingresourcecenter.org.